Dropping the hammer. No, you're not. So are you reading anything good these days? Uh, the current book I'm reading, well, aside from leaked Supreme Court opinions, Daniel. No, um, <laughs> the, the one thing I'm reading that's bringing me enjoyment and pleasure uh, is a book called The Birth of Loud, Leo Fender, Les Paul, and the guitar pioneering rivalry that shaped rock and roll. So it's very, very good. It's by Ian S. Port. He is a uh, music reporter and critic from San Francisco, I believe. Um, I think he wrote for the Chronicle for several years. Uh, it's very, very good. And the chapters are all super short. It's like 280 pages, but there's like oh. 30, 30 some chapters. I'm on, I'm on chapter 30 starts on page 188. I, I quietly judge authors by uh, <laughs> the length of their chapters. Like, uh, it, 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 especially if the chapters don't have like breaks throughout them, then I yeah. really judge them. Like, oh, here, here's a 30 page. Uh, right. chapter if you give me, like, if you give me breaks you. it's fine i if, if you give me breaks it's tolerable break it up into sections that's fine like these chapters i think the longest chapter so far has been like 10 pages like they're very very quick i almost like little magazine articles so i'm currently reading uh watergate a new history uh. by garrett <laughs> garrett Imgraf. what <laughs> what i just i just i admire your ability to read about things that just talk about like heavy terrible depressing things yeah, man. Like I just, I, I just, I, I, I don't think we, can, I can over overemphasize how much the years twenty sixteen to twenty twenty one broke me. I just <laughs> like, I like, I admire you for it. I'm not knocking you. Like, and I trust me, I used to read stuff like that all the time, but like, I just can't now. Like, I, I, I totally. It's the same thing. Like every time, like some new Oscar bait comes out about like the Holocaust or slavery or some other awful historical events. Like, I don't need to see this. I'm sure it's great. I'm glad the actors are getting paid. And you know, the, uh, these filmmakers and all the, all the crew are getting paid and they're back to making movies and doing what they love and having some income. That's great. I'm glad theaters are open again, but I don't need to, I don't like surprise. The Holocaust was terrible. Like, oh, I didn't, I didn't, I thanks Kate Winslet. I had no idea. I had no clue. Yeah, I, I would love to go back to the days where, where you know, uh, Star Wars A New Hope was nominated for Best, best Picture. Right. Raiders of the Lost Ark was nominated for the Best Picture. It's like, the, the, it's like, but now we get, uh, Black Panther was nominated, you know, a few years ago. We've had this discussion. I don't think that should have been nominated. It wasn't even the best Marvel movie that year. So, like, But you get my point, though. It's like, yeah. oh, another, like, that's why, uh, like, like, Coda was like, it's kind of like paint by numbers a bit and airy and fluffy. But, like, at least it's, like, happy. At least, it, at least it shows like, like yes, they're deaf, but like they're not like wallowing in misery the entire time. It's like, oh wow, it's like people that actually like achieve some measure of happiness, and like, like I don't come out of here just feeling just completely just like gutted. Like did I just, just say so you no, know, just just so you know we're live streaming now. That's fine, I get it. Like I just I can't I can't read or watch stuff yeah. like that anymore because if I do, I have to really pick my moments because it just. It, I'm already so attuned to just how terrible everything constantly is that in my free time for fun, I don't, I, I just don't need to see it or read it. So the fact that you can plow through those books all the time, more. Oh, I don't, I don't plow through them. They're slow reads. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will gladly keep reading my books about guitars. So. Um, oh, you know, just one of the next books I'm going to read is The Heritage: Black Athletes, a Divided America, and the Politics of Patriotism by <laughs> Howard Bryant. 
And again, um, oh yeah, Howard Bryant's great. Yeah, no, I'm sure that's great. Again, my views on not being able to digest that sort of media is not any reflection on the quality of the media. It's just, yeah. it's the content yeah. because it's too heavy for me. And I, I just, I, I got to pick and choose my moments. Although I, I get it, I get the it. Next, the next book that I want to read is on um, Wendell Scott. I intend to read a book on Wendell mm. Scott here soon. And then it's, it's the month of May, the Indy 500 is around the corner. There's a real, there's a really good book about a, a driver named Charlie Wiggins. Uh, he was a terrific black uh, race car driver back in the 1930s, but uh, drivers of color were not permitted to compete at the motor speedway in the 1930s. So, um, or really anywhere at those times. So a lot of black drivers had their own circuit. And here in Indianapolis, there was a race called uh, the Golden Glory Sweepstakes. It was like the premier race on the African-American race circuit. Charlie Wiggins won three of those races. Um, and so it's just about not just him, but that whole scene. Um, it was written by an IU professor. I forget his name at the moment. I forget the title of the book, but both of those are on my list. I'll probably knock both of those out next. So, all right. I, like I've, I haven't read. I oh, month of May. That's what I'm gonna say. I still need to finish the the book about the split. That uh, oh. <laughs> I still need to. I, I didn't get very far into that. So that that is a oh, just. Every time that a good decision could be made, they just didn't make it. <laughs> Spoiler alert, anytime the clear, obvious, easy choice was there, they said, what if we did this instead? And just alienated everyone that cares about the sport. Um, what, could go, what could go wrong? <laughs> oh, oh, wow. Jeff Gordon, Tony Stewart went to NASCAR. Great. So. Oh, yeah. It's, and, and then they seeded ground so NASCAR could take over the spotlight. Yep. Good for them. Good for them. Would you like to get into some? Are well, we like? Are we officially? Like, I'm or, tweeting out the link. Okay, I was about to say. Are we like officially starting the podcast now? Okay. Discuss all the fame picked nominee or wait inductees. Is that what's the right word? They just they were just announced. Uh, so, just their their inductees. Okay, so all right. I just I just have it on the NASCAR Hall of Fame like okay. Twitter page. And the our favorite uh, NASCAR throwback paint schemes. And more. Come hang out. Oh, come hang out. we discuss all right all right that is tweeted out so let's all right all right so anyway i guess we're starting so uh let me get back on the zoom all right so and welcome back to dropping the hammer after a brief hiatus uh, we are back dropping the hammer of Dan McFadden. I'm Dan McFadden, and with me again after his own sort of more lengthier uh, hiatus from from the show, my my, my good friend John Lofflet, uh, back for another go around and, and uh, ready to ready to get hammered. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> I guess who had. 
like a, a guest of yours or any of your friends that you'd invite onto your podcast who had even like a shred of self-respect would be so mad that you just introduced them like that. But me being completely shameless, I don't care. <laughs> you know, I, I, I love getting hammered with Daniel. <laughs> there, there's 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 your there's your pull quote for the db for the blu-ray deep cover i love getting hammered with daniel <laughs> you know <laughs> and then attributed to shameless lawyer just not even my name just shameless lawyer well i, I like introducing you with like an ultimate middle name and i i, I forgot to think of one so. <laughs> it's okay no <laughs> you know have you, have you ever watched have you ever watched psych the tv show uh is that the one where the guy pretends to be a psychic yeah i've never seen it but i'm aware of it okay well there, there was this the, the, the ongoing joke on that show was that sean would introduce his friend and you know partner with a, with an alias every single time no matter no matter the circumstances here's my friend uh uh gus such and such it was just a new funny weird name like every time so i was like oh, i'm gonna make john my gus <laughs> you know i've never been anybody's guest before i've been someone's podcast co-host several times i mean that that lost its luster years ago when i was still a child uh, but i've never been someone's guest so that really what you've been sense. a co-host on one podcast you've been a, you've been, <laughs> yeah, a, you've I've, been, been a, I've been doing this circuit for decades man i've been doing this since before squarespace even existed oh god uh, <laughs> anyway. back before zip recruiter advertised every podcast mm-hmm Yep, everything. It's all. It's like that meme where the the astronaut's staring at this at the Earth, and the other there's the astronaut behind him. It's got the gun pointed at his head. It's like it's just Squarespace. It's always been Squarespace. You know, just. <laughs> I don't know well, what, what, what was, we, we've what was gotten it? off to such a rocky start here, man. No, this is great. Well, well um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, we're recording this. We're also live streaming this uh, on Wednesday, May fourth, two thousand twenty-two. Oh, it's Daniel's favorite day. Uh yeah, it I well the, I mean yes like I, I didn't even think about it until I woke up this morning. It's like oh, oh new, you that's right you care more about the actual day that the first Star Wars released in theaters. Yes, that's, that's your Star that, Wars day. That's my Star Wars day. There you go, and that's not, totally fair. Not, not I don't whole, I don't care either way. Not this not this whole total corporate you know <laughs> shenanigans. It's it's like come on man. No. I'm a real I'm a real Star Wars fan. Damn it. <laughs> but no, I didn't even really think about it until I woke up this morning in bed. It's like, oh, a new Obi-Wan Kenobi trailer's out. All right. I totally forgot about that. Uh, aside from just being uh, Star Wars Day, uh, some, we got some NASCAR stuff to talk about. Do you want to start with the Hall of Fame? Do you want to start with Dover? Uh, well, let's, let's, with... Let's, let's do the Hall of Fame because that literally happened 90 minutes ago. Sure. Uh, so they just announced the NASCAR Hall of Fame class for 2020, 2023. And in it include there's you know they they uh, send in three people now uh, plus um, the winner of the landmark award, uh, but the inductees this year or next year anyway for the class of 2023 are 2004 or 2003 Cup champion Matt Kenseth, uh, four-time Cup champion crew chief Kirk Shelmerdine. They're on the modern era ballot and uh, going in on the uh, where is it? The pioneer era portion of the ballot is Herschel McGriff. Um, and the uh, winner of the landmark award was Mike Kelton, the longtime NASCAR executive and a senior advisor 
to NASCAR. Uh, so you you said before we started recording, uh, John, that the only, the only name you, you knew was Matt Kenseth, uh, 2003 Cup Cup champion. What 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 does Matt Kenseth? What what does he mean to you? <laughs> Another question I thought I would never get asked. I have a whole book of thoughts on Matt Kenseth. Um, chapter the, one. <laughs> cha- chapter one, meh. Chapter oh. two, meh. No, no, I, I'm, oh. just, I'm, I'm, I'm being facetious. Um, yeah, Kenseth is the only one known to me. We were talking off air. Uh, uh, Shelmer Dean, when you said he was Earnhardt's uh, crew chief yeah. for the championships he won in the 80s, I think that just shows my age. I was born in 88. I didn't start watching NASCAR until like late 90s. Um, yeah. So, um, Obviously, that's I'm not. Obviously, that's a big deal to win that many championships, especially with someone as notable as Dale Earnhardt. Um, obviously, I can't speak to Mr. McGriff either. That's just the age thing, and I'm not an NASCAR yeah. historian. So, um, but for Kenseth, honestly, even when he was at his peak and winning winning championships and always competing, like I never really. He was just always one of those drivers I just felt indifferent toward. Like when he when he when he won, I wasn't upset. But when like he got in a crash or or something, like I didn't think like, oh man. Like he was like a, that that much of a, that polarizing of a figure to me. Um, like for me and probably a lot of people, like he'll always be remembered as the guy that just took out Legato. Like, like, <laughs> and like, and, and not, I'm not trying to diminish his accomplishments oh, or anything. Like, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to diminish his entire career to one incident like that. But like, like that's like whenever I think of Kenzie, that's that's my immediate go to is I immediately think of him just like taking out Legato and everyone in Martinsville just losing their minds over it. Yeah. Uh... So like I I me, me and Kenseth we go way back. Uh, <laughs> no, but, yeah, no. Does, does Kenseth get hammered too? <laughs> no, um, no. Just from you know from the late nineties, you know, you'd watch the Bush Series races, and it was one of three people: Dale Earnhardt Jr., Mark Martin, or Matt Kenseth, who were likely winning a race there. You know, ninety eight, ninety nine. So and so for me, being a Dale Jr. guy it was you know i hated kids that hated him because he, he was the other guy who was winning um and then they, they both you know went up the cup at the exact same moment and i, I always like resented Kenseth for getting a title and doing it pretty pretty quickly within three years and dale jr never getting it it was like oh matt Kenseth. um and then later in his career i kind of came around on i would have gotten away with it too if it were for you meddling nerd art juniors and your legacy drivers i would have won I, i'm I don't know where that came from. I just, I just, I, just, just the way you sounded, just like, just, I can just imagine little, little Daniel watching a TV with his, with his, with his foam or hurt junior number one finger, just getting irate at Matt Kenseth. I, I, I can't imagine anyone getting irate at anything that Matt Kenseth does. Cause like, again, like he just seemed like, I don't want to say he's vanilla, but like, he just didn't register for me. Part of it's just because a lot of his success came during like my blind spot for NASCAR. Yeah. Um, so but I mean, gosh, how many wins? He had 39 wins. I know he won the series championship. Yeah. He won two Daytona 500s, a Coke 600, yep. a Southern 500. The Coke, I mean, the Coke 600 was his first win. Was it really? Yeah. Yeah, in 2000. Gosh, I was... <laughs> oh my gosh, I was in fifth grade when that happened. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I mean honestly... When you look at his resume on paper, if if you just removed the name and just told a casual NASCAR mm-hmm. fan, "Here's this driver's accolades, put him in the hall or not," like, yeah, like obviously it deserves to go in. Um, but I do wonder, like, what 
what posterity will ultimately render on Matt Kenseth. Like, like, like 50 years from now. Yeah. Like, I, I'd be curious to see, like, what the, what the pulse of, of, of people, of NASCAR fans are who, like, will people, people see them, well, like, having an opinion you were to on take Matt a, Well, like, like I said, I, I think he, Matt Kenseth sneaks up on people. And he snuck up on, his personality snuck up on me. Because I didn't realize until, you know, just a couple of years before his full-time career was over that he is hilarious. Yes, and he's very good in the booth, too. Yeah, yeah, he was very good at Odd Club this year. But no, he, I love his sense of humor. It's very, very droll, very whip smart. Very Midwestern. Uh, I, I just, I just, I, I, well, I don't know how to define mis- mid- mid- Midwestern sense of humor, <laughs> but um, I just don't remember ever just recognizing that, you know, back before, you know, like 2010 or whatever. But like in the last, you know, up until, you know 2015 forwards like oh wait this guy this guy's got jokes um like i remember i remember his last win press conference at phoenix he was just whipping out jokes left like having a good time um and it's like i wish i had recognized this earlier i might not have been so cold to him back in the day um but i think if you polled nascar fans today it's like give, give us your top three memories of matt kenseth they are, in no certain order, getting his championship with one win and le- resulting in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, going after Brad Keselowski at Charlotte in between haulers and grabbing him in a headlock, which no one saw coming. <laughs> N- not a soul. I was there. Um, that that just completely came out of left field. No, no one would have expected Matt Kenseth to do that. Like a silent fart. He's silent but deadly. Next thing you know, you're in between some hollers and a headlock. Matt Kenseth just saying a bunch of droll, dry jokes to you and also probably saying some very choice words. Um, yeah, I know I forgot about, yeah, his championship just having one win. I, I forgot all about that. And that that's that's probably his biggest legacy, is it not? Because, like... It, it sucks that it shouldn't have been um, because... Other yeah, that's had, not, that's not his other, fault. Other, pe- other people had done it though. Not, not like Terry Labonte, 96, two wins. Right. Gets a title while while Jeff Gordon had 10. In mm-hmm. 93, uh Rusty Wallace won 10 times, but Dale Earnhardt got the championship with fewer wins. Other people had done it, but it, it Kenseth went and did it, had an incredibly consistent year. And then they switch switch the format, so yeah, it gets blamed. Was he driving for Roush at the time when he won? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, he, he so drove he, for, he's driving for he was driving for a big team back when Roush was still like one of the big teams. He he, he raced for Roush up through 2012. I yeah, believe. 2013 okay. was his first year with, Kit, so, with Joe Gibbs Racing. Yeah, um, I mean that's, I mean right and, now that's that's kind of Matt. He he broke he broke the system. He and again, that's not, that's not his fault. I mean, the rules were the no, rules. I mean, anyone. I don't know. No, he he didn't break the system. He, I mean, he like he was just consistent, and right. the system rewarded that kind of consistency. Yes, Bre- breaking yeah. the system was what Ryan Newman almost did in 2014. <laughs> right, the, the year of the eliminations, where he made it all the way to Phoenix without a win and was like a restart away from having the title. That that would have been breaking the system, which Matt Crafton did in the truck series. Right, but like. If if Dale Earnhardt won the championship with just one race, like we all like, of course the rules don't get changed. At least not as quickly as they mm. did, because it was like it was almost as soon as like as soon as Matt Kenseth 
won the championship with one with one race. It seemed like immediately they was you know they were just trying to go for the the you know the chase for the the cup or whatever. So, yeah. but like. I do wonder if it's one of their prestige drivers, like if it's Gordon or if it's mm. Earnhardt or if it's Mark Martin or if it's uh, Dale Jarrett. Like, do we see that? I mean, that's a good question. Um, I mean, maybe we do eventually, but not, it, it seemed like that was a stark, it was such a stark um, like realization where everyone just kind of realized at that one moment, like we, we've got to do something new. And if it's, if, it's, if it's one of the old guys and it's not, you know, Matt Kenseth, you know, I, I'm I'm one of those people who think they actually should have gone to the playoff format sooner, um, because I it makes the back half of the season more interesting than it would have been otherwise. Um, like it makes uh, like last year with the the Bristol the Bristol Night Race last year was one of the best split screen moments that I can recall uh, in NASCAR in the playoff era where you're, you're, you got Harvick trying to go for a win, him fighting Chase Elliott and Larson. Then you get, then you have the guys who are like trying to, to advance and it was riveting like last 25 laps. Right. And you wouldn't or have even, gotten that in a normal. Right. Or even like race. adding, or even like some of the moments we've seen in Martinsville in the playoffs, yeah. even adding Daytona as the last regular, as the regular season finale. Um, I mean, I think the first race they did as a regular season finale, Daytona was one of the best racing we've seen in a long time, uh, in, in quite a while. And, and I, I was um, there, I was there last year and I was just waiting for that race to just turn into a cluster. And it never really did until, you know, like as usual, the, the final portion of the race, but before it, it was riveting racing. Yeah, it's great. Like, like it, it was, was great. great. Um, so thank you, Matt Kenseth. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for the memories we got after you retired. Um, and like, no, he, he's, he's but... still keeping active. He, he's going to be doing the SRX racing for a couple races this summer. He just he just competed in uh, the Boston Marathon. And I mean, yeah, he's only 50. He's not an old man. Yeah. <laughs> he's still got, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, it's when you when you first see his list when you see these other lists on the uh, these other names on the on the nominee list again it's just like oh i mean yeah kansas sure but then like also like jeff burton ricky rudd carl edwards neil bonnet you're like you're like certainly those guys belong in too but then you stack mm. up their, the, but then you stack mm-hmm. up their resumes of kansas and like you said he sneaks up on you it's like oh yeah it's like of course kansas is the best driver here but like i just it just it doesn't hit you. You've got to look at look at the resume, but then it's obvious once you well, do. I think if you if you if you win a cup title, you're in. Like that's yeah, that's happen. fair. Like if 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 Alan Kowicki is going to go in after just getting four overall wins and a title, you're in with the cup title. Right, but that's exceptional, isn't it? Not just because like he di- like he died pretty young, did he not? I don't know. What, I don't know what his age was at the time. But like he hadn't been racing very long, had he? Inc- well, now you make this is inc- riveting podcasting because now I'm going to his Wikipedia page. Alan Kowicki. <laughs> he was 38 when he died. He had five wins, 75 top tens. Uh, how long has he been racing at the Cup level? Um, he'd only been a full time driver for one, two, three, four, five, six years. He had full six seasons in Cup. Starting in 1987, so he had oh. six seasons, and he had seven wins. And again, like it's just one of the yeah. And he died in an airplane crash. He just died mm-hmm. young. I just yeah. I, I absolutely get why he's in the Hall of Fame. 
for sure. But, yeah, but because but he he's now like the there, there's weird like limits like we're, like what are the thresholds and he's like one of them now because of that. The yeah, others, and like, it's unfortunate, but like like I, I don't think know. I don't think Davy Allison should be in. Um, I don't have enough. I don't have an necessarily an opinion on that, but like, how many champions did he win a championship? No, never won one. He, he won the Daytona 500. The most often quoted stat about him is that like his win rate was like really incredible. Um, but he only has like he only had like 18 wins. Um, he won the Winston once, won Taldega a couple times. He won the Daytona 500, the Coke 600. He won the Winston 500 three times. Three times. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's got he had 19 wins and how many starts? I mean, yeah, it's the win rate people really usually point. To I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, when when you have such a small sample size, I mean, but I just think it, like for it, me, you like just have, it, you just it, have to it, work it, with that. If, if his name was like John Smith and not Allison, <laughs> and th- his career just weirdly ended in the spring of 1993 for unknown reasons rather than a tragic helicopter accident. I don't, I just don't think, I don't, yeah, I, I, it's just, I wouldn't it's put just, him in. You just get into those things. I mean, but that's, you got, that's context and that's part of the debate. Yeah. That's part of the argument. And I, and, I, and I absolutely understand why he's in. I don't, I've never sat down and thought about the merits of Tibby Allison's Hall, mm-hmm. Hall of Fame. Uh, well, it's career. hard. Like he, like he said, like he died in 93. I was two. I, so, yeah. I, I that's, why, that's why I don't have an opinion because like, so. I'm, I wasn't even, I think I was just in kindergarten when he passed away. So like, I never saw him race. Mm-hmm. Like if, if I go back and watch a race, it's going to be on YouTube. And like, I just have the benefit of history of watching yeah. that. So, um, you know who I, look into this, the, the, the list of finalists for the nominees here. I was surprised that AJ Foyt wasn't already in. Mm-hmm. I know he's much more on the, on the IndyCar side, obviously, because he has 4,500 wins. He's arguably the greatest Indy car driver of all time, but he also won the Daytona 500. He won like seven NASCAR races. Um, yeah. And this included, was at a time. Included, included Daytona. Yeah. And like, this is a time, uh, this is during a time when, you know, there was a lot of back and forth between series. It wasn't uncommon yeah. to see, you know, like, like Kurt Busch doing the, doing the double what is, was an event. Like back then that was just kind of the, 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 the usual business back then. So, um, but this was like, AJ Foyt was like a guy who could just, if you put him in anything, he would win. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say that Kevin, not to say that Kyle Larson is as good as AJ Foyt, but it's that same like like anytime that you see Kyle Larson in a car mm. racing something, you expect him to be doing well at a at a top level. Same with AJ Foyt, and I'm really shocked he hasn't already been in. I mean, he's I know he means like I said, I know he means more to IndyCar, but I mean, but I think have... a lot of people make the argument that like AJ Foyt helped legitimize NASCAR during that period just just by gracing it with his presence, right? Um, I think so. That, I think that has to do with some of it, um, but like there, there's fewer, there's people in the Hall of Fame with fewer wins than him. Um, right, and and the thing is, like he never ran a full season in NASCAR. I don't yeah. think. No, he never ran a full season. So I mean, I that's probably where it comes in. Um, he got to pick and choose his spots, but I mean, like imagine just parachuting into Daytona and running away with the damn thing, you know? Like and him, and Mar- being- him and Mario Andretti can really like only. Yeah, exactly. So, it'd be like it'd be, it would be like I don't know, like uh, I'm trying to think, like take like Bubba Wallace, never driven in an Indy car, and like you just parachute him into the 500 and he wins, and he just says, "Okay, bye, see ya," and he just like that's that's the equivalent of what that would be like, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
I, I, again, I, I just maybe, maybe like you said, maybe it's, if his name wasn't Allison or if his name wasn't Foyt, he wouldn't be in. But I just, again, going to context, like he just, he, it seems like he needs to be there, does it not? I, I think eventually. Um, eventually, right. Like it, like he's do it. Get these people in before they die. Like that. That's like let let them have their moment because there's not like an indie like. I'm sure AJ Foyt's in a lot of Hall of Fames um, right now. Like, like the IMS Museum. I'm, yes, I'm sure it has a Hall of Fame, right? Yes, it does. Yes. Um, but I don't know if you consider it as high profile as the NASCAR Hall of Fame because, like, the NASCAR Hall of Fame has its inductions like televised. Um, right. Well, and also, I mean, like, I, I don't know. Like, if you're AJ Foyt. Like you're, of course you're going in the Hall of Fame. Like it'd be like, I wonder if I wonder if there is footage of like his acceptance speech for the IMS Hall of Fame because like I wonder if it'd be like Michael Jordan's acceptance to the NBA Hall of Fame, like the basketball Hall of Fame. Like he was, he seemed so petulant because he, he seemed so bothered to be there because like of course he was always going to be there. Like it's just like why why do I have, why do I have to make this a big deal? Like I'm the greatest. Like duh, of course I belong here. Like I wonder I wonder if if AJ did the same thing because he's from Texas. He's been a rough around the edges so. Wonder if he would seem a little uh, petulant at times about that. But um, also, just while we're on the IndyCar uh, link here, I know that Janet Guthrie uh, was a name. Uh, yeah, I don't like. She needs to be in. Like, right. she, and, she, and again, oh, oh, the landmark award at least. Um, right. Like, I know she, she wasn't she, the first woman um, to race in Cup. The first one was back in like the '40s, but she was certainly. Um, she finished in the top fifteen in her first Cup start which was the Coke 600. Oh, she was a badass. Janet Guthrie is an unmitigated badass. And if you want to see more footage of how much of a badass she is and uh, and all of the unnecessary grief she had to put up with, mm. um, watch that ESPN 60, uh, 30 for 30 documentary. It's called Qualified. Yeah, uh, I, you, I watched it. Yeah, I if, watched you, it. If, you, if you have uh, ESPN Plus, it's on there. Um, it's terrific. She's great. You talk about Matt Kenseth's dry, droll humor. She has that in spades. She's great. That whole documentary is wonderful. Um, I highly recommend checking that out if you haven't seen it already. So, uh, but uh, no, I think she should undoubtedly yeah. to do what she did at the time that she did it. Yes, um, that that should go into like it's like why, why is Wendell Scott in? Because what he did, right? When he did it. Um, yes. So also the uh, fact that she wasn't driving for top teams in IndyCar yeah. or NASCAR and like she would get she had to go out and be her own she she was her own marketer she would negotiate her own uh sponsorship deals with companies and then take that money to these teams and then the big teams still wouldn't let her drive so she had to go with these small mom and pa teams and she would still overperform in that equipment and she was a mechanic too I think she mm -hmm. went to school for aeronautical engineering yeah something some, like that yeah, some, she was some, she's some, something with the word arrow in it I'm yes probably. she's so. brilliant She's so smart. Um, I want to read. Incredible. I want to read her biography or yes, autobiography. I do, I do too, but they're really hard. To, I, the few copies I see yes. are yeah, they're super yeah. Um, but I'd love to read it too. But she's fascinating. She's incredible, and she absolutely belongs uh, in in the Hall of Fame for sure. So yeah, the, the only one other one I can really even talk about among the new inductees is uh, Kirk Schoenwerding, who was crew chief for Dale Earnhardt during four of his seven championship runs in 1986, 1987. 1990 and 1991 uh he also scored 46 cup wins in, during his 16-year career before he rode off into the the night to pursue his own racing racing dreams as, as a driver uh but like he he i'm pretty sure he won all four of his titles before the age of 33 
as a crew yeah. chief. I didn't know that. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Um, like I said, 46 wins, including uh, in 87, he and Arnhart won 11 together. Uh, and that was when the season was uh, only 29 races long. Uh, comparing that to Ray Evernham, uh, who only won, uh, shoot, can't see, ah. <laughs> only one. We're live, folks. It sucks having, you know, a webcam that's not built into the, the, the <laughs> laptop. So, uh, uh, Ray Evernham only won three titles with, with Jeff Gordon, uh, there in, in the late 90s, and he only won. All right, they won. He won forty-seven races. He he and uh, Sean Mardin were basically tied. Um, but like I said, Sean Mardin got four, got him before the age of thirty-three, before he walked off, and Evernham only got three. But people, you know, credit him for you know innovating pit stops and stuff like that. He was very instrumental in like the IROC series and all that. Uh, but I personally think that. Kirk Shelverdeen should have been in before Evernham, uh, but that's not the case. But he's in now, as he should be. Um, I think there's a lot of people who think crew chiefs don't get enough uh, credit when it comes to the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Um, so who, on, who's, his, on his Wikipedia page, it says he got an admonishment from the Federal Election Commission for running a Bush Cheney. Uh, car scheme in 2004 during a race and it actually has a link to it and i've got it pulled up here <laughs> oh. i did did not know that the complaint alleged that kirk shelford uh <laughs> racing llc may have made an unreported independent expenditure or a prohibited corporate expenditure when ksr placed the logo bush cheney 04 on the rear quarter panel of the stock car that raced in four nascar next cup races and that this communication did not carry a disclaimer the commission found reason to believe there may have been a violation but took no further action action and sent an admonishment letter <laughs> huh. learn something new <laughs> that's uh, that's a good chuckle. Oh man, that's like why would it, why? I mean, there's probably some law or some rule somewhere that makes that like a thing that, that the FEC, FEC has to care about, and like the FEC is very important. Obviously, I'm not trying to say it's not, but like it's like yeah, just send him a letter. <laughs> it's so, anyways, um, yeah, I think I, I don't have anything else left to say. I made my piece um, with uh, oh, speaking of Matt Kenseth, did, were you there at the were you there at the tweet up when Mike Joy was there? Yeah. So maybe you posted this video, but I thought this was fascinating. So obviously, I did. Where he's telling the story about him keying up. Yes. Uh, yes, that was me. Yes. That yeah. Was. So like, I thought that was fascinating, and like, obviously, it makes sense to me when you when you hear it. But like, you don't. It's not there. It's not surface level. But like, so obviously, these drivers sometimes get into kerfuffles and they mm -hmm. have some animosity, and sometimes they talk it out. Sometimes they don't. That's real life. It's adults. It happens. So obviously, Matt Kenseth and Joey Logano don't like each other. They still do not like each other. Matt Kenseth is at the track yeah. as part of the Fox broadcast, and he has to talk to Joey Logano. But like it, was Mike, both, it was Mike Joy's idea. Yeah, but like they're both like professional about it, like Kenseth and yeah. Logano. Like they know it's TV, and they know that like they know it is what it is, and they're cool about it. And Mike Joy gives that gives that little talk, and it's really kind of cool. But then on the flip side, Danica Patrick's in the booth, and she made a point. She made a point to go out of the way saying. I am not talking to Ricky Stenhouse. 
which is totally fair. It's totally fair because it's not like they got in, into like a kerfuffle on the racetrack or something and they got into a fight. Like they were, they were like, they were, they, they were uh, dating. They were in a serious relationship. That's a, that's a horse of a completely different color. So we, don't, totally, we, we, we don't know how that ended. So we, yeah, like, we don't, we so, don't, and it's, and it's not our business. And so yeah. I, I totally understand where Danica's coming from, but it's just one of those things like don't think about that. And so, like, yeah. of course, those are conversations you have to have in the production booth when it's going on. But I think it's really cool that Mike shared that. And I hope yeah. that Danica didn't hear about that and get mad because, like, she, I mean, she's not wrong for wanting that. Like, that's totally fair. Yeah. I would not yeah. want to talk to my famous ex-girlfriend during a broadcast when I'm trying to do a job. <laughs> like, I wouldn't want to do that. Like, that would suck, right? So um, I thought that was interesting. And, and props to Kenseth on being, on being uh, down to play that sort of game. So I've always want like, when it comes to, like, stuff with, like, Kenseth and Logano. I think from, from a member of the media's perspective, I think at the start of every season, like drivers should like fill out a survey. It's like, all right, who am I, who am I beefing with? So, so we can, so just so we can keep track. All right. Who's mad at who, who's friends. Um, like, so who, like who, who wants to punch someone? Cause it's really, it's really kind of hard to keep track at some points. Like did, did they get into it once or not? Well, speaking of speaking of punches, I guess we could segue this into the Dover race. Uh, we had a little, we had a, a little uh, stare down on pit road after stare the down. race. There's no punch. There's no punches. No so. punches. But I mean, Truex was heated, and, and Chastain didn't care. But uh, th- we we had a bit of that. Um, obviously, that's not the starting point for this race. This Dover race, on the aggregate, felt very weird and herky jerky. And part of that was the rain. Part of yeah. that was just the actual race itself. Um, what were your thoughts on this? I mean, obviously, uh, it's like, like I think we've talked about it. it was like the Phoenix race, like, like we're on, you know, the average, you know, scale of races for that track. It was fine, right? It was not bad because there's been plenty of bad Dover races. Um, it's the first Dover race I can recall something happening in a long time. Like I thought back to last year's Dover, and I nothing is a non-factor. I can't think. And even <laughs> and even your, I can see your your brow just wrinkled trying to think too. Who was? <laughs> no, that, that, yeah, see, um, see. Oh no, no, wait, I know. No, no, no. Alex Bowman won. No, Alex Bowman. No. Yeah, Bowman won. They they swept the front four. Yeah, the front um, four. That's right. But no, that Kyle Larson dominated that race and was would have won if not Alex Bowman having the fastest pit stop of the year to that point that got right. him out of the lead. Um. So, but yeah, uh, there were like gr- there were green flag passes for the lead in this race. Uh, more more than one, um, and then you had a lot of tire strategy because tires were starting to shred, not in like an Indianapolis 2008 kind of way. Uh, every you know every ten laps. I was at that race. That was awful. So, but I'll there was for another the, day. There was the danger of it. Um, so it it was interesting. And then like, for first off, you you go back to Saturday. Chris Buescher gets the pole. Um, no one would have pegged. Chris Buescher as getting the pole and it was his first career not not just his first cup pole just his first NASCAR pole period he never got one in the Xfinity series um so for him to go out and do that it's very impressive but then I, I wrote my column today for front stretch which will go up tonight for tomorrow on Chris Buescher and and this pole uh it's the first pole that RFK Racing has gotten on a non-super speedway since 2013 um so that says a lot. Like they again, they they're still looking for their first non-super speedway win since 2014. Uh, so this is a little bit of a step, hopefully, in that direction. 
Right. It's encouraging because I know, I mean, obviously that, that uh, the penalties to Kislowski aside, they have struggled, especially outside of, of the duels that they swept. I mean, they've mm-hmm. pretty much been a non-factor. We, I don't think in our, at least in the episodes I've been on, we haven't talked about Chris Buescher once. Um, yeah. because I, he, I, If I recall, Kislowski performed well in this, uh, uh, in this race too. I do not know where he finished. Um, I think you've, you've become the Google guy. I have show. become, I have become the Google guy. He came in uh, 20th. I take that back, but he had it. Yeah. He, he came 10th in stage one. So he was up near the front in portions of this race. So, but like, uh, this is like so far, Chris Buescher has three top tens. He finished eighth, uh, on Monday. Uh, this is the fastest he's reached three top tens so far his cup career the the previous high was last year which was race 12 so that's just one more race um but hey this is is a team that's just you know outside of two standout wins at super speedways has just kind of stuck the bed for eight years um so they're 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 working on it it's um it's they're not in paradise yet they're not back (laughs) they're not even close to being back um but you know a step in the right direction for sure uh, this this race felt so it was like it was like whoever was out front something bad happened to them <laughs> like like first so denny hamlin's out front looks like he's got the car to beat and then his tire comes off <laughs> he goes to the back of the field mm. he races his way back up and he's like in third he obviously looks like he has the best car of the field it's like it's still his race to, to lose even in spite of the tire issue and then yeah. a Rick Weir car goes sideways and takes him out. Yeah. Um, no, nothing off- not, outside Richmond where he, he, he won because of a long green flag run and pit stop strategy. Nothing's going good for Denny Hamlin this year. No, <laughs> not, and, not, not even a we can, thing. We can come back to that here in a second, especially regarding Rick Weir, but like, and then, you know, Kyle Busch and Alex Bowen are out front and they look good, but then a caution comes out and yeah. then suddenly their whole day goes. And it just seemed like, Whoever's up front, it's like whoever was, was whoever was running up front. They looked like like oh yeah, they look great. I don't know if it was just by virtue of them being in clean air. I don't know what it was, but it, but then something would happen, and it just seemed like whoever got the break would be up front next. It's like okay, it's your turn. Let's see if this is let's see if this new strategy or this new like portion of the race tur- turns in your favor. And it just so happened to be Chase Elliott at the end. So hey, yeah, like I don't, I don't know where Chase won and like finished the stages. But he he just kind of like showed up there. Him and Ross Chastain had a really good side by side battle there. He Chase um, just came in tenth at the end of stage two. He did not place in the top ten stage one. So okay, okay. So but no, him and Ross. There was that one restart where they st- they stayed side by side for a while. That was, was great like, okay, racing. Who who's gonna give it up? It's like that was ah, this, great this racing. Is, this is fun. Um, and then on unfortunately on the next restart, it Chase just kind of you know scoot it off um but hey man ross chastain two cup wins so far leads i believe he leads he's got six top fives which leads the series to this point uh i will check myself um which is just kind of remarkable uh for 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 this team seeing as technically you know this is a first year team with trackhouse going to the two teams for the first time um so for him to be doing what he's doing right so, i mean it's not just the fact that like it's not just the fact that seven it's, top fives he has seven top fives it's not just the fact that it's 
track house racing in the first year of the second team is the fact that it's Ross Chastain at all. Um, I think the fact that he's with a new team, you know, hypothetical new team. I know a lot of us still in house from Ganassi last year. Yeah, no, still, yeah, it's majority like a hundred. Yeah, and that's not me trying to trying to you know uh, diminish what Trackhouse is doing by any means. But um, you know, no one no one picked Ross Chastain to have seven top fives and two wins right no. now. Like no. like a good like I remember like last year, a good day for Ross Chastain was like maybe a top ten finish and like maybe lead a couple laps here and there. Well, he 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 had a shot at winning Nashville. He, yes, he, yes, he, he did. Second to Larson. He was in the running at the the night race at Darlington. It was, it was Hamlin, Larson, him. He almost got by Larson. He, yeah. he just couldn't stick the landing. Yeah. And he, then he kind of, you know, drifted a little bit back. Um, he's gone. He's gone from cute story to contender. And yeah. like, I know it's, I know it's only May 4th and we've still got a lot, a lot of the way to a lot of, a lot of the schedule left to race, I should say. But like as things stand now, I mean, how could you not? He's I mean, not. He's not He's not fluking into anything. No, no, he's not. Like he, he had three straight top fives there in in like Mar- March. Should like led the most laps at Las Vegas. Had the car. Mm-hmm. Had just had cautions that landed unfortunately in places. Was showed showed up out of nowhere at Phoenix to, to challenge for that lead, fighting Briscoe and Reddick. Just couldn't stick a landing. Um, but then you know you get his win at Coda. Then you got uh Taldega like, win. Like where he he a lot a lot of the stuff that he's been talking about these last couple of months is that he's just being more patient. He he's not making aggressive moves where he probably would have a year ago or two years ago. Um and like he didn't like at Taldega, he didn't do anything. Like he he stuck to his line and the guys in front of him just kind of like Got out of the way. <laughs> I'm throwing, I'm throwing, Is that your own... Donald Duck impression? <laughs> I can't. I can't. I can do it. I can't. I can't talk, but I can make That's that the challenge. That's the I, challenge. I can make the. I was about to say, we want the. We want the, the. The fans want an entire Donald Duck podcast. Give us your <laughs> thoughts on Kevin Harvick's ninth place finish while t- while talking as Donald Duck and go. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Oh, I think we need a commercial break, folks. Oh man, that was. <laughs> um, speaking, Have you tried of... ZipRecruiter. <laughs> <laughs> this episode of Hammer Down, Hammer Time with Dropping the Hammer, Daniel McFadden is brought to you by Squarespace. That's my commercial voice. That's my NPR commercial voice. Um, uh. <laughs> sticking with Trackhouse for a second, at the early part of the season, it was like Suarez and Chastain. Now it's yeah. just Chastain. And we've had a couple lackluster well, finishes from Suarez here. And part of it, I, I know going back to Coda, he got taken out when it wasn't his fault. But like Talladega too, he 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 left. Talladega as well, yeah. yes. He got taken out. Um, he looked like he like broke a bone or got a, a some kind of bone bruise on his one of his uh, he, on his yeah, left yeah, toe he, there. Yeah, he said he took a hard hit. You know, no, that he actually injured that in training. He actually in did training. In, okay, he, yeah, he didn't injure that in the race. I figured he would have like bumped like bumped feet or something because just the way he got hit. But um. But, you know, Dover is one of his best tracks, and he admittedly says it's his favorite, one of his favorite tracks to go to. You would think that, and again, he qualified well. He qualified uh, fourth or fifth. He was in the top 10. He was right next to Chastain. Um, 
and he was kind of up in the mix there for a bit. I know he, he did some gambling with some uh, pitch strategy, with some tire strategy, and faded a little bit. But like 14th, like especially for a guy who's trying to race his way into the playoffs, and with as many win winners as we already have, it seems like if you want the, the easiest way to make the playoffs is going to be through wins. And I know 14th on paper looks fine for Suarez given how he's been, but just at this track and how well his teammates been doing lately, like, is it the car? Is, is it just some bad luck? Is it coincidence? Like, I think it's a conversation worth having. I'm not trying to fire Suarez to get him out of that just, ride, but like. It's really just things happening. Um, like they've got a good, they've got a good equipment. They're, oh, for they, sure. They're showing that. Yeah. It's, it's just like, he's just in the wrong place at the wrong time <laughs> and something happens to him. He's, I, I, I can't think of a time where of an instance where like Daniel Suarez just made a mistake. Like, like, well, you could say he made a mistake in this one with the incident with uh, Corey LaJoy where he just, like Suarez uh, just not, again, I'm not, I'm not taking sides, but like you could say that Suarez nosedived, took the low, took a super low entry to that corner. Okay. When I, when I say make a mistake, something where you're the next day going, man, I can't believe Suarez did that. Like right. I didn't even like remember what you're Under, understandable. Like. So, like I think he like he is uh, Suarez's entire cup career up to, up till last year has just been an unfortunate series of events that aren't weren't of his doing. Right. So yeah, and we've and we've talked about that before. Um, also, just kind of going through the oh, I see Cody Ware's name. Okay, I texted you about this, but I, I really so like. Look, as I've said before, before your conversation with BJ McLeod a couple episodes ago, if you're a backmarker, it's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. If you're a small team on limited means and you're just out there doing what you got to do, it's a-okay. But like, they never mentioned BJ McLeod during the broadcast. And that's a good thing. Yeah. It means he's not mucking things up and getting in the way. Josh Bilicki, they never mentioned him on the broadcast. There's been so many instances, yeah, where it's always it's it's a Rick Ware car that's several laps down, mucking something up, yeah. and we see we see it we see it here at Dover taking out Denny Hamlin who had the best he was in third or fourth at the time but he had the best car he was he was marching towards the towards first place like it was obvious that Hamlin I mean, he was just probably he the just car got loose coming out of four I know like, he just got it, loose. But then, like, did, also going back to like, he did make he did make like a boneheaded move or anything. But he has made them. He he, has. Uh, he, he clearly he, yes. See, he has. But he, so yeah, you agree with me. He has. So what? So yes. even if he doesn't do anything here, you still can't help but go, oh, not again. And it's just it's it, it's it's just frustrating as a fan because, you know. And again, like, look, like, um, there's even time like like Kurt Busch had a bad day. He came in thirty first. He's out there putting. He's out there just having a Monday drive just to put miles on the engine, but he stays out of the way. You know, he doesn't, he didn't make a bad situation worse. You didn't like, yes, he was in the accident, but then after that happened, they didn't mention his name again. Um, and I, I know it sounds like I'm piling on here, but like you get what he's, I'm trying to he's say. An, here. He's like, an easy target. He is. And, I, and I'm um, not, and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to say he's a bad person. I'm not trying to shit on Rick Ware. But like it's just it's it's a reoccurring thing, and it just every yeah. time it happens, like it, 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 it's it's you can kind of chuckle at it when it happens in a vacuum. But when it takes out like the best car on the on field on the track as he's trying to get to the lead, then you're just like, damn. And because then you as a fan, you feel kind of cheated. 
like wouldn't you want like to see like Hamlin and Chase Elliott like duel for the win here, especially given their history? Like that'd be fun. Yeah, and we got rid of that. Damn it, racing things happen. I know, I know, I know, and I know in this instance he didn't do anything wrong. It, it just, but but again, as you said, there's a there's a, there's a history, mm-hmm. and because of that history, it colors this moment even when he didn't do anything wrong, and it's just I yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, like he, he's had his issues at Martinsville a few years ago. He's had an instance where he clearly wrecked a teammate on purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, but he also, exactly. you know, he's, he's, he's also got, you know, documented, you know, mental health problems that he's, you know, dealing with and, you know, being put in the spotlight for stuff like that on a regular basis can't help. Right. Completely um, noble. And I understand that everyone's got, speaking of mental health, um, yeah. I don't know if you saw it, but Jeff Cluck's article on Sage Karam. Yes. On, yes. On I read that this morning yes it's 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 great it's it's a very well done piece and props to sage on being brave enough and honest enough uh, with himself and with readers to share that part of him i I couldn't believe it's been seven years um yeah that's yeah that's another that that, that threw me for a loop the passage of time only speeds up the older you get it seems but mental health concerns are very real they're very serious and i'm i i would i would certainly never criticize someone in that way because We've all been there, even, you know, whether you're the president of the United States or an NASCAR driver or just a schmuck on a podcast, you've had mental health issues and getting help for that is always mm. okay. Um, so, but at the same, but again, I'm not trying to, but that's honestly fair, but it just, I don't know. I just, and it, it just, it always seems like it's a Rick Ware car. That's what yeah, I'm trying to say. Yeah. It's never, it's never, it's yeah. never BJ McLeod or Josh Balicki. It's always a Rick Ware car. And that's not a coincidence. They they are a lower funded team. They they don't have the best of the best. Um, they don't have the best of the like. But like you had Brian Priest in, in a Rick Ware car this last weekend, and he qualified like really well for a Rick Ware car. Though they did have a little bit of help from Stuart House Racing, right? Uh, but still, so still, and Ryan Priest came in twenty fifth. He That's... beat Ryan. He beat he beat Brian Blaney, Joey Logano, Tyler Reddick, and Kurt Busch. Really, Blaine? Blaine? Like wow. When he came in 26, and he beat Austin Cindric, who came in last. Like, I mean, that's a good day for that car and that team. Yeah. That's a good day. Yeah. And Cody Ware, I'll just leave it at that. You know. All right. So, oh. <laughs> so, um, so you you mentioned it, but we kind of forgot to follow back up on it. The stare down between Jeff yeah. Chastain and Truex up pit road. Here's I, the thing: are you, like, are you guys gonna make out or something? Um, well, here's the thing: I was listening to the the teardown podcast at the Athletic. And Jordan Bianchi, you know, asked Gluck, like, do you remember Trex ever like doing that? Like just marching down pit road and having a serious conversation with another? And I thought about it, I was like, I've never, I don't recall that ever happening. Of course, you know, he had his whole, you know, he, he might win the battle, but he's not going to win the damn war. At yeah, Martinsville yeah. With and then goes out to win the damn war. Yes. yes yeah. Yes. But he, that, that's other than that. Yeah, I, I can't remember Martin Truex Jr. ever doing that, ever. No, he's always been pretty even keeled. So that that was surprising when like they they went to the split screen during post race and you're seeing Truex talking to Chastain and I'm like, okay. But to right. be fair, like Chastain and Truex were next to each other almost that entire race. It felt like, especially on Monday. Like it just any time they showed the rear the rear camera car on Chastain, <laughs> like there's Truex trying to get around Chastain and he can't do it. Um, so obviously there's some frustration there. And what did you yeah, think it, about? I mean, obviously Chastain. I mean, it's the last lap. It's the last like, lap. Truex is going for it, but do you think yeah. 
you think Chastain was in the wrong there? Or was it just, you know, hard I racing know. at the last lap? Well, Ch- Chastain later told, I think it was, it was Pac, Chris posted a Twitter video, a very short Twitter video where, where Chastain acknowledged, yeah, I crowded him. Probably shouldn't have done that. But I'm like, it's the last lap. Right. I mean, it's, it's only like a one point difference, really. But I mean, you never know where that point's going to come, where, where you might need. Thank goodness I finished second at Dover yeah. back, in, back on my May 1st. Right. So, but also um, if you're Truex, you know, he hasn't won a race yet, so every, every yeah. point matters right now. So, also, okay. So, going, going back, okay, I'm tying all these threads in together now. Going back to Kenseth. And where late in the late in the late in his career, the temper flared up. Like, where 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 did this come from? It's like, it when we were talking about it, it reminded me that happened to Jeff Gordon. Like, mm-hmm. no one would have expected for the first decade of his career for him to you just get to you just get to the point where you have nothing left to lose. Yeah, well, that well, also, yeah, that, but also you just like yeah, but like no one would have expected it, and then all of a sudden. Texas, like 2011 or whatever, he he flies out the handle at Jeff Burton. It's like, where was this? Where has this been? Um, and then and then 2014, Texas, and then then at one point, like you hear uh, the story of him after getting in a wreck at Chicagoland in the early 2000s, walking up to Mike Bliss at the airport afterwards and just clocking him. <laughs> have you heard have you heard about that <laughs> i have yes i forgot about that story but yes i do remember now that you mentioned it mm-hmm. so like but you just never would have expected that from the first decade of his career and same thing so same, same thing happens with kenza it just comes out of nowhere so true x uh this this feels kind of sort of like in that same like nope no nope, punches were thrown no one was shoved no no profanities right were, just a very stern uh, conversation yeah so, um, and like, there's questions about what, what Truex is going to be doing after this year, because he, mm-hmm. he's in a contract year. Um, c- could he be done after this year? So, and like, after like Jeff Gordon's incident at Texas 2014, he later said like, part of his reaction was that he, at that time, had already decided that 2015 was going to be his last year. Like, so he was like, you know, ready, like fighting for everything at this this point. right well i mean just in, in t- cases like jeff gordon like at that point he was already like an established brand yeah like like there's like there's there's not much like you have to be so meticulous on the way up but once you get there like like pepsi's not going to drop him over that right um and as for martin truex i i'd like to see him back uh, correct me if i'm wrong he has his own sponsorship with Bass Pro Shop, right? That is not yeah. with JGR. Yeah, that's, he brings it, it, his own sponsorship to the table. Yeah, so he so he has leverage. A little bit, yeah. So as long as Bass Pro Shop wants to fund him next year, even if he's not at JGR, he could realistically get a ride elsewhere. Correct. If if there's like right now, the only legitimate, off the top of my head, opening next year is the number ten at Stuart Haas. Eric Almirola yes. is retired. Yes, but. Yes. Ryan Priest is there as yes. a re- reserve driver. You could just infer with that, oh, that, that that's the door, or that's that's the seat for Priest. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the but, same time, like if Ty Gibbs gets promoted to the nineteen, yeah. is Stuart Hawkins is and you know Kevin? Uh, uh, excuse me, uh, 
Shurek shows up knocking on the Tony Stewart's door, like, hey, buddy, I have this nice fancy check here from Bass Pro Shop. You want to do some business? <laughs> like, well, like, just think, that, like, and that's not that's not a degradation to Ryan Priest. Like, yeah, like he's a good driver, and I think he deserves a, a, a cup level, a, a top tier cup level ride. But like, Mark Truex Jr. is a champion, mm. and if, he if, has like if you're asking me, right, like right now, like if if going into next year, who do you choose, one or the other? I'm going to go Truex. Oh yeah, everyone. So, yeah, but yeah, as of and, and like a, as of right now, yeah, number ten number ten ride's the only like top shelf ride that's really you know. But then, then there's also the questions about Kyle Busch. Oh yeah, because he, he did he did not uh, he did not uh, uh, seem like things were okay there. But who knows if that's just well, him being faulty or? Well, he's been that, that he's been that way the entire season. I know. Like he won at Bristol, and even mm-hmm. then he couldn't like. Mm-hmm. Well, really... I, mean, I mean, it sucks when you don't have a sponsorship lined up next year. Yeah. Like, for all for all that you've accomplished, and you're you know obviously going to wind up in the Hall of Fame one day, and now Eminem says, "Okay, see ya," and now you've got nothing there yet. And I know that, especially in these days, it's really hard to get companies to throw millions of dollars just to put their logo on a race car. So no matter who you are, so it's hard. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I would assume Kyle Busch stays. No, I'd be shocked if he didn't just cause it's, he's been there forever. Like if you, like, if you'd asked me going into this year, I was like, yeah, Kyle Busch is going to stay with JGR forever. But uh, then you take the Mars thing into consideration. Well, I mean, well, it's the same thing happened with Jimmy Johnson, like Lowe said, okay, see ya. But like Jimmy Johnson, but, like got it done. And like he brought, he like the sponsorship was found and they made the deal. Yeah, they, they got Ally. So, yeah. So, but, and, but, and Ally is still in NASCAR. Yeah. So I just, but, but like, again, Jimmy, as good, like, as good as Kyle Busch is, as good as he is, he's not Jimmy Johnson. I know he's not, not Jimmy Johnson. He's not seven time champion. I know he's not Jimmy, Jimmy Johnson, Johnson, but at the same time, like he is still a legitimate contender for, for a championship. Um, it, it, like if he won the championship, I'm not saying he's the favorite, but if he if he won the title this year, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be shocked. No one would be. Like he's Kyle Busch, he's still a contender almost week in week out. Um, and I would, you know, I just you're telling me you can't find something out there. And it's not like it's for as salty as he is with the media. Like he does commercials. He always he always you know name drops M and M's and Mars when he has to. Yeah. Um. He, well, he plays really. He plays, he's never. He, I don't think he's ever done an M and M's commercial to my knowledge. He, I know, well, I'll, have to, I'll he, look he, on YouTube. He plays nice with sponsors. He does the yeah. corporate walk that you have to do. You know, he does Toyota commercials and all that stuff because they yeah. pay the bill. Not, he's not. He's salty, but he's not stupid. <laughs> so, I mean, something. I would be shocked. I honestly would be shocked if Bush is gone. That, but if like if he was like. Like he like when I was at Talladega, and I was in that scrum where he was like being very snippy and stuff. Like, oh, if they get don't get anything, goodbye. Yeah. Um. Yes. So, um. So like, like he, he he like he you know inferred. Hey, I might I might not even race next year. I, I might be Brexton's truck driver. Yes, for his, yes. For, so I was like, oh okay. Like if if Kyle Busch just was straight up not nascar or at least the cup series next year that would absolutely shock the world (laughs) yeah like that would be the news of the decade and we're only two three years into the decade so um yeah it's definitely something to monitor i again it makes too much sense for it not to work out so um (laughs) and, and same with martin truex um 
like as good as Ty Gibbs has been, like is he ready for Cup? Like when he's not driving the best car in Xfinity, and now he's now he's you know one of four guys at the Cup level with Kyle Busch as his teammate. Like, I I mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying he'll he'll never be a success in Cup, but like is he ready now? I don't know. Uh, I I'm I'm an advocate for what for anyone regardless of talent should at least get like two years in Xfinity before, before going. Has he done any cup level stuff? Like I know like, like uh, Noah Gregson will do some cup level races in Cindric. He hasn't done anything like that yet. No. So Yeah. At least one more year you would think. And like we up until for, for the most part, I feel like we've finally migrated out of that period where the hot stuff driver just bang, bang, bang moves up as quickly as possible i think william byron was like the last case of that um because like chase briscoe was an xfinity for years austin Cindric was an xfinity for years reddick stayed yeah yeah yep. won, two, won two titles custer was there for a while yeah it, it feels like we've finally gotten out of that but ty gibbs may be the, the, a return to that um but you know give, given the, the way you know some of the stuff he's done this year like you know getting into kerfuffles on the pit road <laughs> that's the uh, word of the day kerfuffle this podcast is brought to you by the letter k <laughs> uh, on today's hammer time podcast with uh Keenan mcfadden that's my terrible my terrible kermit the frog and the winner at dover was chase elliott um anyways uh that was <laughs> and with that we lost our last person watching live on youtube um i have nothing else to talk about dover i think we've touched on just about anything um i mean chase elliott won a race finally his first oval race since winning the championship at phoenix obviously he was going to win sometime this year that's not news um he he he, he tried to downplay that that oh it, it's not a big deal i i, I want to win anywhere everywhere and you know also like he was the last injured driver to win i mean i'm sure that bugged him I mean, I'm sure he's playing cool for the camera, but that had to have bugged him. Yeah. Watching all of your teammates, especially the season that Larson had last year. Yeah. And you don't win on a single oval because Larson's hogging up all the territory, all the all the real estate there. Um, I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure that bugged him. I don't, I don't know if you saw my, my tweet that I put out a couple nights ago comparing Larson's first 11 races this year. Yes, uh, I did see that. Last year. Um, uh, like, he, he's pretty much on pace for where he was except he has a couple more dnfs not leading as many laps as he did but has one win has basically the same number of top five top tens and it was this darlington next year or darlington the next race where he started taking off uh he finished second and that was uh the start of his he had right. six straight races finishing in the top two and he made yeah he made the coke 600 an absolute snooze fest um Yes, yeah, he stunk up the whole show for sure. Um, no, it's 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 definitely something to bear in mind. And like, for as much as we talk about Trackhouse and parody now and all these new winners, you know, Penske, not Penske, excuse me, uh, Hendrick still has a good chunk of the wins this season. I know that they're more spread out, especially because we're always we're still, we are still so early into the season. But um, I mean, yeah, it certainly wouldn't surprise me if. He went on a run, especially because the tracks coming up are tracks that suit him, you know, running high on the outside along the wall. That's Kyle Larson's MO. So <laughs> um, so we'll we'll see. But speaking of Darlington, I, I know you wanted to talk about some throwbacks here. Wait, hold hold on, because my, my laptop is about, about to die. Oh so no. I, 
I have to unfortunately get rid of my fancy high def webcam and my microphone uh, so I can plug in the charger because my adapter does not agree with oh, no. the charger. So hold, so hold. So yeah, now now I'm just standard deaf, no no fancy microphone. Uh, <laughs> you you look like you like migrated back to the year two thousand five. All right, Bob boy. Did you hear did you hear about this new movie called Batman Begins? They really they really made Batman grisly and dark. Like, oh, they said the same things. Hey, that, that that new Star Wars movie, Ridge of the Sith, looks cool. Go go see it. <laughs> Um, think about it. Think about it. Um, the, we just got a new Batman movie, a new reboot, a grittier reboot. Yes, yes. And Ewan McGregor is uh, back again as Obi Wan Kenobi. So it's it's two thousand five. Yeah, no, oh. new media uh, is the same as the old media. Um, but speaking of new and old, it's a perfect segue for Throwback Weekend. Um, you know, we were talking about this a bit off off of the uh the broadcast here but and we talked about this before via text but i don't like throwback weekend on mother's day weekend or just it being the spring darlington race i don't think it it just doesn't mesh the vibe but to me it fits much more uh it fits much better with the southern 500 in the fall that's a that's the bigger race that's the more notable one um it's it's during the playoffs or just before the playoffs, if I'm not mistaken. So there's much, there's a lot more uh, drama to be had during the race. Also, I think the throwback schemes look cooler under lights. I know that this race will get to nighttime, but actually, also, this, I just, also, this I just won't. Think I'd be, this I, I, won't. Oh, it'll do early, early evening. The sun will also, still be up. I just, I just think NBC does a better job with the throwback stuff than Fox does. Um, like, yeah, if, if I had to pick a network to, you know, be in charge of it the throwback yeah i'd pick nbc over fox it just it also just seems so petty like fox wanted a throwback race so they just i mean dark why can't you just have two throwback races because why not then it's not special if you need to, yeah that's true that's true then it's not special but like fox already has the day 2500 they get no like, I, I i i do yeah i agree with you like they they or fox has way too much special stuff yeah, Fox has the twenty five hundred. They have Bristol Dirt. They have uh, Coke six hundred. They've got the All Star Race. They've got a lot of marquee stuff to start out the season. And then I know NBC gets the playoffs, but like, where does that lead NBC? Like, I, I, if I was NBC, I wouldn't have relinquished this. But I, I know that Fox pays a bigger bill to NASCAR in terms of the media rights. So what Fox wants, Fox gets in that regard. But um, <laughs> yeah, like they, they just, yeah, they, they it, Fox is the reason we got the dirt race. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. So, like, um, right. they also get Coda, the Dota 500. Yeah. Um, they got they get the Clash now at the stadium. Yeah. Like which, which was a huge Martin, ratings boom for Fox. So, Martinsville at night. Yeah. All Star Race, Coke 600. Uh, meanwhile, on the back half, NBC, they, they get the playoffs. I mean, they get the playoffs. They get some Southern 500. They get the second Daytona and Talladega races. Like, they have good races, too. And they have uh, yeah. the night race at Bristol. Again, all good races. But it just seems, I don't know. Anyways, that's my spiel on this. I don't, uh, that's, that's, that's my, I know that you don't necessarily care as much as I do about that. That's just my, that's my, that's my mountain into a, that's my molehill into a mountain. So. Yeah. Um, but. I like I, I said I I prefer 
the the throwback race in the in the spring because it's a 400 mile race in the day and for a long time in the 80s and 90s that's what the spring race was a 400 mile race in the day um and that went away you know in the mid you know 2000s when they built the lights and darlington also only got one race so i like it i think the racing at darlington is better in the day um like just watch the xfinity races from like the last three or three or four years they've been good they've been amazing i think i think they're both i think darlington races well at night or day um i think yeah i think you're onto something about the day races putting on a better show i think the night race still puts on a good show too well last last year it did thankfully though they they because they went to the, the lower down force or not, yes. yeah lower down force higher but then also they had a couple night races there in 2020 due to COVID. We had those were pretty fun. I mean, that's what I mean. Obviously, we get the infamous Chase Elliott flipping Kyle Bush off moment, but like those races I thought were pretty neat. Those races well, that, that race benefited from being shorter. Yes, yes, okay. yes. They made them sprints. Yes. Um, from for the most part. Um, because the actual first race back that Harvick won really wasn't the most notable thing that happened in that was that like Jimmy Johnson was on his way to winning the stage. Yes. <laughs> Getting yes. wrecked coming out of turn two. It's like, oh. Yes, because he uh, tried. Yeah, if I recall, he tried to do a slide job and just missed it or something. Not, not a slide job. He, he, he tried to, I think he tried to side draft. Yeah, he tried to do like something that he's done a million times and he just missed it and spun into the wall. Yeah. When, when he was like the best car to start out that race. So um, I know... I'm just looking at some of these throwback schemes here. Do you have any off the top of your head that kind of stick oh, out? Well, for me, the, like I'm an Arnhart guy, so the the early winners are what Trackhouse Racing is doing. Yes. Um, also, there's a new rule. Anytime like the two of us are on this show, uh, just take a shot anytime you mention Trackhouse. So because um, <laughs> we talk about them all the time, because we're just we're just such big fans of that team. Um, but no, their whole scheme with Little Lee and Dale Junior's throwback scheme. Um, that's great, and both cars look really cool too. From 1998 at the the final Japan race that NASCAR held, uh, where where Delnhart Jr. and Delnhart Senior both were sponsored by Coca Cola, and uh, Dale Jr. drove the number one, which was a black car, and that's the one that Ross Chastain will drive, and uh, Daniel Suarez in '99 will drive the one that uh, he'll drive this one that, that right there on my poster. <laughs> So, for those who are listening audio, not watching on YouTube, there's a poster in the background <laughs> that Daniel pointed to with the red number three Dale Earnhardt car. That he, but no, it looks cool. It looks really cool. Trackhouse. Uh, no, in terms those, of, are, you know, those are the winners for me. Just I don't think I don't think Trackhouse has ever had a bad design. Be it their <laughs> be it their own or throwbacks, like their their graphic design. Whoever's doing the design on the on the artwork here, give them a, give them a raise because they're crushing it. Um, I like, I like the, only down, the only downside of this is like Austin Dillon, who drives the three at RCR, uh, is a Coke driver. He, he's yes. one of the, the like four or five Coke drivers. So I, I don't get, unless, you know, RCR, unless there's just sponsorship was just locked in full, can't do anything about it. I think it's unfortunate that you couldn't see Chastain in the one in the Coke car and Austin Dillon in the three Coke car. I think that's unfortunate. Um, but other than that, other than that, <laughs> those are the winners. I like how Corey LaJoy is going to be 777. I, I, I love that scheme. No, no, it's cool. It's really cool. I'm not, I'm, I'm <laughs> as a music guy, you should, I, I would think you would, uh, appreciate his, uh, 
Marty Robbins scheme. No, I, no, the Marty Robbins scheme is very cool. And <laughs> just the three sevens in a row there for, yes, no, it's very good. I <laughs> just, <laughs> I just, I just want to like, there has to be like some sort of bet between the spotters, like how many times someone inadvertently calls it the 777 <laughs> or something, or just gets the number wrong because they look at the side of the car and not the top. Um, I'm just kind of scrolling here. I like Brad Kislowski's Martin, Mark Martin throwback. Um, I think Kyle Bush's throwback, they vote, you could vote on Twitter, the 98 one, 1998 scheme one. I think that's the one I voted for. Um, Wait, which one? Uh, the 1998 throwback M&Ms for Kyle Bush. Oh yeah, I vote, yeah, I voted for that one too. I voted for that one. I do like uh, uh, Harrison Burton's throwback. Yeah. I love. Fun also, fact: was, the last uh, time Jeff Burton used that Exide scheme, eight days before Harrison Burton was Harrison Burton was born. Damn, hell yeah! <laughs> now that makes me feel so old. The oh no, you, you, no, the the, the no the, the Kenseth and Mark Martin schemes. Those make me feel old because that's in if they're if it's inside twenty years. And I and I remember it. That's that's like oh no, I don't just, I don't like that at all. <laughs> sticking sticking with Harrison Burton though, just pink, blue, black, and white. Those colors just will always pop. It could be I don't care what the sponsor is. What's the what's the one from Xfinity that would a dude wipes? It could be a dude wipes car, and that would look so cool. And like I I would I probably I'd probably still laugh because it says dude wipes, and we all know what that is. But um, are you a man? But you're too insecure to wipe your butt in a normal way get dude wipes because you wipe your ass like a man because you're a man um dude wipes does not sponsor this podcast no dude, dude, dude wipes does not sponsor this podcast and they probably never will sorry to cost you on that one daniel um uh yeah the william, the william byron throwback with the flames of jeff wait, Gordon. wait what's logano doing i didn't know he was uh logano's it's a throwback to like i guess penzo has been sponsoring him since he was like driving uh midgets and so this is like uh, a paint scheme that like his midget had, like one of his first like sprint cars that he drove this back. Revealed yesterday. Um, how do you feel about drivers throwing back to themselves? Like, what what's your? I mean, I don't really have an opinion on it. I mean, Dan uh, Denny Hamlin's just throwing back to his last Daytona, the yeah. twenty sixteen Daytona five hundred. Yeah. That, which that, like, that feels lazy to me. It's like which like aesthetically it looks cool because like I like I love the dark colors on the FedEx car because it makes the orange and the purple pop out so much more than it does on the white. But no, you're right. It does feel a little half-assed. It's like really I, oh. I feel like if you're gonna be throwing back to yourself, you need to do like well, what Lagana is doing, that's fine. Like that's fine. Um, that's a personal thing for him. That's so that's cool. Like if you're gonna like throw back to yourself. In your own like NASCAR career, you need to do it like to start, like very beginning. Right, right. Like I like 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 Kurt Busch. He, I hope before he retires, he he gets to do a, a John Deere throwback. <laughs> <laughs> Man, every time every time I see a, Ch a John Deere NASCAR, just it, it'll always be Chad Little. Yep. It'll always, always, always yep. be Chad Little. I got um, to I got to sit in a Chad Little show car once. Hell down yeah. in texas hell yeah of course yeah you <laughs> how old are you oh boy um <laughs> just a wee lad it was like 90s i think it might have been like 98 so like seven okay okay 
So that's that's good. That's good. Show car sitting age. I don't know what the I don't know what the limit would be. It's like <laughs> you must be this tall, like a, <laughs> this you know, like like a forty five year old man sitting in a show car while like taking pictures while there's like a bunch of screaming kids that have been sitting out there for hours. Like, sir, you have to get out of the Chad little car. Damn it, I paid my ticket. I know my rights. I know my rights. <laughs> oh, speaking of Kurt Busch, yeah, the Bill Elliott throwback, the McDonald's yes, car, so that- good. That's so I think clean. I think that's them. I think that's I think that's my number two. What's your number one again? The the oh, track the house. Coca-Cola ones. Yes, yes. Track house. Track house is good. Kurt Busch. Uh, well, William Byron's Gordon scheme from 2007. Um, uh, Alex Bowman's Mark Martin theme looks great as well. I well, uh, like. You'd be hard pressed to find a single bad Valvoline scheme. <laughs> yes. No, they were all great. Yes, I, Ty Gibbs' throwback. It's like the old school interstate batteries with the lightning strike going down the side. Why do they do like the weird one now where it's like all, it looks like uh, like the car, like the entire car is being electrified. I don't like that scheme. But that's, now, that's better than the candy cane strike. Yeah, the green, yeah, the green oh, one's not good either. But that was great. They, had, they rode that for so long. It was like, I know. nobody likes this. No, this one, this Ty Gibbs one's great. Like, why did they just, why did they go away from this? Like, no one, no one wanted this to change. And like, it's just, it's iconic. Well, the, you know, the, the like, bad I know, thing, I know that like, that, 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 that is the downside. This, but... this is the downside where I, I, I feel bad for the sponsors, but people who decide, design their schemes where I'm like, if you do this, you're you're just reminding people about a better scheme. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that that like that's why you always gotta bring the heat in your scheme game. That's why track house take a shot is always number one. Like in that department. It's, it's, it's just unfor- it's unfortunate because so many of these schemes are better than the normal schemes. Yeah. It's they like are. it's just I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> No, the Marty Robbins one is cool. Yeah, shout out to Corey LaJoy for that. Um, like, have you Ryan Vargas's attempt at the Jeff Gordon Pepsi scheme is? I mean, I like the idea, but this page. I don't see it. it it's I'll, I'll look it, it up. he. Yeah, it's in the Xfinity series. So it's it's basically the same shade of blue of Jeff Gordon's Pepsi scheme in the Xfinity series from like ninety eight, ninety nine. Yes. But it's unless you have the sponsor, it really I would never have guessed that it was a Pepsi throwback. Oh, yeah, I see. Yeah, I see what you're talking about. Yes, where the color and this layout of the car is identical, but the sponsorship is totally different. Yes, yes, I get I get that. Yeah. No, I, I, I tweeted. Yes, I tweeted earlier today. It's like, can please someone do a Star Wars throwback, though? That'd be really hard to do without. I mean, hey, with with the Batman coming out on HBO Max, we could have had like a throwback to the McDonald's Batman car. Oh, please, please. What when I I interviewed Ty Dillon? That, that, that movie made three hundred million dollars. You telling me they can't throw a little bit at NASCAR just to bring that back and make us all happy? Oh my God, please. Yes, Ty Dillon. I'm sorry. Well, I interviewed Ty Dillon late last year when when he was originally going to be driving the '94. Yes. I'm like this is your opportunity, Ty. To do the throwback to the Thunderback, and, like, and then they and then like heat of the moment. Like, and I'm, I'm I was I was joking because you said something about moment. Oh, okay, okay. I, 
<laughs> no, but seriously, no. if you're NASCAR, you why, why, little... why, why are you bringing up the Asia hit from 1980s? No, if, 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 if you're NASCAR, just lean all the way in and get sealed, do the, do the national anthem. Like bring in bring, bring in Jim Carrey and full Riddler regalia to do like the prayer. I'm sure that would go over well. What could go wrong? Um, <laughs> I think I think the best Xfinity throwback is Justin Allgaier's Dale Earnhardt Wrangler scheme because of yes, course that. that's great. Of course, Dale Earnhardt Senior drove a number seven Wrangler car for three races in the Xfinity series in 1984. Of course he did. Yeah. Um, because there's all, there's always an Earnhardt scheme that you don't know about. There's always one. It's like, Oh, all right. Yeah. I see it. That's good. That's good. <laughs> he's been, he's been gone for 21 years. And he's still a mystery. <laughs> Bless that man. <laughs> I, I, if you're, I, I'm drinking water right now. It's not beer in my cup, but I wish it was beer, but I'll, I'll cheers some water to Dale. For always being a mystery. Josh Berry's was obscure to me because it's a throwback to a Dale Jr. Looney Tune scheme that he ran at Richmond in 2004. Yes. That he won in. That, like, when they they announced it, I I kept looking at it. It's like, I have no idea what this is a throwback to, which is weird since I'm a Dale Jr. guy. I totally see it now. Yes. But it's the same thing. It's the same problem with the Vargas car where. The concept is the same, but the advertising is different. The sponsor is different, so you kind of lose. It gets lost in translation. Yeah, it's like I, I, it's like so, but like I appreciate it, but it's like, but it's what? for sale right now at LionelRacing.com. Diecast for sixty bucks. The lucky Josh Berry fan wants to shell out sixty bucks for it. So, um, anything else? Okay, Brandon Jones is doing Paul Menard's Brickyard Four Hundreds game. I was there for that race, so I appreciate it. <laughs> I was not there for that race, but. A buddy of mine was there that I used to work with at the time. Big Jeff Gordon fan. Comes in like second that year, I think, and Menard wins. And so the very next day, I'm like, hey, how'd the race go? And the only thing he said was, Paul can suck my nards. <laughs> I had never forgot that. I laugh so now every time I hear Paul Menard, that's the only thing I think about is my friend being pissed off that he won the day, the Brickyard 400 and saying Paul can suck my nards. That was my first cup race since 1999, and I was so ecstatic when Menard won. I was. Oh no, it's a great story. Yeah, it's a great story. I'm glad he won. I mean, that was his only career win, was it not? Yeah. Yeah, that's great. No, that's super cool. But like that, that all those good feelings get overshadowed. By my very upset Jeff Gordon said. Well, um, okay. And uh, Josh Blicky, the number 44 for Alpha Prime Racing, is apparently a throwback to Bill Elliott doing a Burger King scheme because I didn't know Bill Elliott drove a Burger King car, apparently. <laughs> Wouldn't know. There's many things. You could write books of things that you don't know. And they'll put all those information in books that are really sad and depressing that you always like to read. Uh, Jeremy Clements is doing another Wrangler Arnhart throwback to 1982 when Arnhart drove the 15. Predictions for the race. Uh, Ross Chastain. He's he's very, very good at at Darlington. So I think he's going to bring it home. Man. You stole my thunder. You know what? You said you were sticking with Tyler Reddick until he wins. I'm going to do the same, but only for Ryan Blaney. I'm going to stick with Ryan Blaney until he wins. Because he's having a he's having a really good season. I mean, up until Dover, that was his only really 
uh, bad day that he had up until that point. Um, I forget where he, did, where he did at Talladega, but plate racing is its own thing. Super speedway racing is its own thing. So you can kind of mitigate a bad result there, but he's just had such a good season on the whole. Um, he seems like he's due to win something soon. I'm just, like, just going to stick with Blaney until he wins. That's my guy. Well, Reddick's my, my number two pick. Your number two oh. pick? He's my number two. Well, he's mine too. No, um, I, I don't know who my number two pick would be, honestly. Um, I'll go, I'll just pick another guy that hasn't won yet. I'll just say Truex. Well, he, he won down the spring last year. Okay, so. cool. So he can do it. Um, so I'll say I'll say uh, Blaney or Truex for sure. Those are, That's who I'll stick with. And then watch, we'll come back. Wow, Kyle Larson led every lap at two. And they were led by Ryan Blaney. Who I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think that's happening. I think, no, I I think this car, everything I've heard from drivers is saying it is a handful. There, there's lots of spin outs. So, because they, they've done a fair share of uh, tire tests and stuff there. And it's like Kyle yeah. Larson, like Kyle Larson said, he, like he, he wrecked during a test there by himself. Yeah. So, yeah, I, mean, I think. We- we saw something like this at Fontana where everybody was spinning out. It was, you know, Chase Elliott's and, and well, we, we saw the practice at Dover on, on Saturday. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, so I think, tricky. I think we're in for a treat on Sunday. Um, I, I think that, I think that the, the track's really going to earn it's, it's too tough to tame name <laughs> with this car. I'm hopeful anyway. They love saying too tough to tame like we love saying track house racing. So, or as Daniel Suarez calls it, track house racing. I love how he calls it, how he says it. So, no, because in Spanish, in Spanish, they don't have the hard K sound and they don't have the H sound either. And they're both back to back in track house. So that's why he says track house racing because he doesn't, Spanish speakers don't typically have to pronounce words like that. So, okay. All right. Linguistics, Daniel. And uh, after that Spanish lesson, I think it's time to, to end this episode of Dropping the Hammer with Daniel McFadden. So uh, I'm Dale McFadden. You can follow me on Twitter at Dale McFadden. Follow and subscribe to the show on YouTube, which you probably have not been watching on the live stream. But, oh, well, uh, follow us at YouTube.com slash Dale McFadden. Uh, and uh, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. John, a good friend. Yes. Where can they find you? I'm on Twitter at John Lafollet. Uh, just find Daniel on Twitter and he'll tag me in the post for this episode. Also, I'm on Instagram at the same at John Lafollet. J O N L E W F I L E T. All right. Well, this has been another fun episode of Dropping the Hammer. Uh, I look forward to, to catching up uh, next time. We'll have fun and enjoy this weekend's racing at. Darlington Raceway, and congratulations to everyone who got elected to the NASCAR Hall of Fame. I'm Dylan Fadden. Too tough to tame. I'm Dylan Fadden. Talk to you guys next week. <laughs>